Hello guys and welcome to the next episode of Bitch Work Podcast. Today I'm with one of my best friends in the whole world. Her name is Lauren Shaw. Yay! Hi Give it guys! Up Lauren! Woohoo! Thanks for having me. Of course. So Lauren and I went to college together. We were in the same sorority. We were in Delta Gamma. We were also both in Newhouse at Syracuse, which is the communication school. We were both the same major, television, radio, and film. We both went abroad two semesters. Lauren went to Madrid. I went to London. But then we both went to LA together. So we definitely have a lot of things in common when it comes to our career path. But interestingly enough, Lauren and I have very different jobs and took very different routes in what we decided to do within entertainment. So I think it would be super interesting to hear from her today. So you guys can learn about like another facet of media that we haven't really covered yet on the podcast and also just to get Lauren's view and interpretation of her experiences. It would just be interesting to get your take on those things. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Cool. So Lauren, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. So like Jordan said, um, I went to Syracuse, study television, radio, film, um, but now I work at the Hallmark Channel and I'm an account executive for the distribution team. Woohoo! So I thought it would be really fun to have Lauren in, especially right now, because obviously Hallmark and Crown Media is a huge, like, part of the holiday spirit and watching Christmas movies. I know that that's, like, ingrained in people's lives. So I thought it would be really fun to have her for this time of year so we can kind of chat about Hallmark and what it's like to be there during the winter time. Yeah, we call it our Super Bowl season because it really is such a big part of our networks. And I always knew before I worked there that Hallmark and the holidays had, you know, a big, you know, association with one another. But I don't think I realized how big of, like, how many fans there actually are that wait all year long for our Christmas content. Um, It's become more than just about our programming. It's like Hallmark has really created a franchise around the holidays and Christmas time. And it's it's a really fun place to work. And um, especially around the season, like we skip over Halloween. Our office was decorated when holidays programming started on our networks, which was October 25th. Dang. Every year it gets earlier and earlier. um, And this year there's 40 new movies. So it's that's crazy. It's kind of insane. I don't know how our programming team does it. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I just think that like it's so fun that you work there, and I just Hallmark has. I feel like in the, also in the past like two years has really made its way into like more pop culture and like current culture. Um, I feel like when like we were in college and we were in high school, like Hallmark was like a fun family thing or for like moms to watch on Christmas, but like now people that we are obsessed with and, like, girls that I listen to and watch on YouTube and listen to their podcasts, like, they are obsessed with Mm -hmm. Hallmark, like, obsessed with Hallmark. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. We say that the the plots don't change that much. The girl goes back to her hometown, falls in love with her old high school sweetheart, saves the day, saves Christmas. You can kind of predict the ending, but I think what Hallmark has done really well is, like, keep that simple story and... uh, there's not a lot of networks nowadays that just still you can rely on that feel-good content. Right. And I think there's a big market out there of people who just want to be able to turn on the channel and not worry about who's in the room or, you know, something depressing coming on. Um, I think Hallmark's brand has done a really good job of, you know, sticking to that family-friendly atmosphere. And, and when it's the holiday season, even though it's maybe a little predictable, um, I think that's exactly what people want right. around the holidays. Want, like- 
nostalgia and happiness and to feel good. And I just think that that's, like, the epitome of a Hallmark movie. Now I want to watch one. Exactly. But going off what you said, too, like, I've seen it even the past two years working there. Um, And I actually, to fill everybody in, was I interned at Hallmark as well. So even though... We will get to it. We will. So um, I've been there for a few years, and I've seen how much... um, we've really like become in the digital space. Uh, we've really grown there. Like there's not only are, do we have a serious XM um, station and we have a podcast now, but people, fans are actually creating their own podcasts. There's these right. three guys that it got picked up last year by like pop sugar and good morning America. But these three dudes, one despises the Hallmark channel, but his wife watches it. And this other guy, um, he actually enjoys the movies. And they watched and reviewed every single movie. That's so um, And it's really, really funny. They, they have good personalities. And so seeing things like that, it, um, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. I think that now more than ever, I think with, like, getting serious for a second, like, everything going on in our world and, like, how crazy it is and how scary it is, like you said, like, it's just nice to turn on the TV and have something that's, like just makes you feel like happy and warm and like you know that everything's gonna be okay and the small town girl who left her big city job is gonna fall in love with the boy from high school and it's really cute right and everybody really needs a story like that in their life and that's really what the holidays are all about so um I think that's why we capitalize on this time of year so well yeah really like to now dive into your career and your internship experience and start off with what it is you do at Hallmark. I know you said you are in distribution. So for everyone who's listening who doesn't know what that is, take us through what your job means. Sure. So distribution really, I, I had no idea what it was until um, I had internship internship experiences with it. Um, a lot of people don't really know what it is, but the gist of it is that we basically, my team, we sell our services. So That's Hallmark Channel, and we also actually have two other networks, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries and Hallmark Drama. And our job is to sell our services to distributors. So distributors can be anything from a traditional cable provider like Dish, DirecTV, Comcast, um, Verizon. Um, But it's also, you know, all with all the emerging SVOD players that are coming out there and OTT services, um, it's our job to also make sure we're partnered with them and our content's available. Basically, wherever customers are watching content, we want to make sure we're a part of that platform. Right. Cool. Yeah. So then for your job, what is it that exact that you do exactly? So what's kind of crazy that I learned about when I started in distribution is that like in my mind, I was like, okay, there's six distributors that I, I can think of. Like my parents had DirecTV. Um, I knew Comcast was a big one. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I know a few others. And then I thought about Netflix. Bios, Verizon. Yeah. But there's actually over 850 cable operators across the country. So what there's the big six. Those are the right. ones that we mentioned. And then there's a lot of these really small operators. And some of them even have as few as a f- 200, 300 customers. They really serve their like rural neighborhoods. Yeah. But when you add all of those guys up, it, it's a lot of customers and a lot of eyeballs that we want to be in front of. So as an account executive, um, I handle a lot of those smaller accounts. Um, so my job is a lot of traveling because my meetings um, are at their offices. So um, I've been to some interesting places along the my journey as an account executive. Um, also some really cool places. Um, but that's really what I focus on. And then the directors on my team handle um, the bigger accounts. Um, and then there's someone who's responsible for, you know, the OTT players and the SVOD services it, it, and it. things like that. 
Cool. Okay, well, I think that that sums up your job pretty much. You, you really got that down. That's like a yeah. whole nice speech you had Thank there. you. Of course. Um, so that's what distribution is. Yeah. I think it's super interesting and such an integral part of TV and entertainment and movies and all of these things that we consume daily but like kind of never think of. Mm-hmm. It's like distribution and programming like those are two things that like someone who isn't super invested in the entertainment world probably wouldn't think twice about but there's obviously like some of the most important parts of this world because how are you supposed to get your content out there if you don't have people like you people who work in programming working with advertisers whatever getting the stuff out Mm -hmm. there exactly and what I also didn't realize is that networks make their money in two ways. One of it being ad sales and the other being distribution and the money that we get from selling our content to distributors. So yeah, it's it's a big part of every network, but um, a lot of people just don't realize that it exists. Yeah. Because a consumer isn't thinking like, oh, I wonder how this channel got on my TV. They're just enjoying what is in front of them, not knowing that there's like so much hard work going into getting it there. Exactly. And if you ever experienced, which I'm sure you did when you had a cable subscription at home, you went to go wanted to watch a certain channel and then it said, oh, sorry, this isn't being carried right now. So then you probably were upset and a lot of people will call their cable company and be like, I want the Hallmark drama channel, like, why am I not able to get that? So um, that's a lot of our job, too, is, you know, making sure that our channels are not only carried, but they're carried on the best package possible. Right. Totally. Cool. Okay, so now... Usually this is when I'll ask someone to kind of go through like the day-to-day, like kind of walk me through what it's like to be an account executive on a distribution team, just so that the people listening can kind of get a better idea of like really what a day-to-day responsibility is like in a position like this. Because obviously what I feel like we kind of just went over is like what it would say on an application or like what the core responsibilities of the job are, but actually getting those things done, I think, is a different story. So let's kind of dive a little bit deeper into that, and you can give us, like, a little brief overview of what it is to be, like, what it's like to be Lauren for a day at Hallmark Channel. Sure. So, yeah, my role is definitely um, an external role. Um, So a lot of my job is spent um, either out in the fields, um, working, pitching to clients or, you know, building that relationship with clients. Um, and then when I am in the office, it's, I'm on the phone a lot, um, having calls and, um, things like that. So I would say that 70% of my job is a sales role. Um, and then the other 30% is probably relationship management and there's a little bit of marketing involved. Um, so what a typical, if I'm in the office, um, a typical day for me, I probably have a call or two set up with some of my clients. And like I said before, the goal, um, overall goal of my team is to get our services distributed. So I'm in ongoing conversation. It's not like cold calling. Um, It's a really unique type of sales because um, I know who all of my clients are. I don't really have new ones. It's not like I'm prospecting or anything. But a lot of the times um, my clients will carry Hallmark Channel because that's that was our first network. That's probably the most popular, but they don't carry our other two. So Got I'll it. have calls where I will ha- send a deck um, that our marketing team will um, put together that has all our latest um, and greatest ratings. It talks about our programming, Got it. Um, what the Hallmark brand is all about, and I'll sell the Hallmark story and um, try and get my clients to either launch new networks or reposition networks to a better package. Um, and really get their um, customers um, to, to watch our channels. And how distribution works, we, we 
um, the cable operators will pay a license fee um, per customer that they have, which kind of gets a little confusing. Mm -hmm. So when I'm not um, pitching a formal deck, um, a lot of what we do is try and because we want to maintain these relationships and remain good partners. Um, so a lot of my conversations with clients will be um, working on marketing partnerships. So what especially this is what um, probably all of my job is really focused on right now because during the holiday time um, clients will come to us because they're working on a social media campaign they're working on a holiday event in one of their retail stores and they want to partner with us so we can kind of work on an exchange where we'll provide giveaways and um, decorations and in exchange they'll promote our content on their social media pages or they'll run um, cool. essentially commercials for us so that's a, a fun part of the job it's um, a little more creative and yeah. um, it's fun working with our marketing team and seeing what activations we can come up with and then a lot of my job um, when I'm not in the office is actually being out on the field visiting clients so like I said because I'm only an account executive um, I have that this sounds like a very important label it is but my accounts account are a little executive? bit it's yeah it does sound fancy <laughs> when when you say it like that like i'm only an account executive <laughs> that's like me being like i'm only the executive producer which i'm not well yeah one of the benefits i think of working at a smaller network like hallmark especially starting off and this was advice i got when i started my career and i think um if anyone's looking to get into like network or an entertainment company Sometimes it's helpful going for a smaller company rather than going for the big names because the teams are smaller and so I think there's a lot more opportunity sometimes, not always, but I think that you can get your hands on a lot more. Um, there's not as many people that are in your um, same position, so you know right. you can learn more, you can ask more questions, and sometimes I think it may help you get a promotion quicker. Um, not always the case, but... Right, like it's not a guarantee, but it's a, right. It's an interesting route to take. Yeah, like in I started out as a sales coordinator, and there I was the only sales coordinator for the team, and then I became the only account executive. So right. I think if I was at a bigger network, I probably wouldn't have gotten the same opportunity as quickly. Got it. Um, so like I said, my accounts are all over the country, um, and it's really important as um, since the relationship part of our job is so. Um, crucial. It's important that we're not just only talking to our clients on the phone. Um, you know, Hallmark really values the showing up and I think you can get a lot more done. It's totally. sales anyways. And yeah. when you put a face to the name and when I can, you know, really take you out to dinner, it really explain what the Hallmark is all about in person. I think it can go a long way. So I probably travel about twice a month um, to clients and visit their offices um, and build that relationship. And the, on the other side of things, um, there's a lot of trade shows that go on in our industry, um, and a lot of these states that I have a lot of these smaller cable operators will put conferences together where all the operators can come, there is panels about the future of the industry, um, and then all the networks will be actually be able to travel to that state um, and set up a booth. It's like a, yeah. an exhibit hall so that we can have face-to-face -face meetings with operators um, and then they can, it's all in one place, which kind of makes it easier. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of what I do as well. And that's also really fun because um, you get to, again, work with the marketing um, team to come up with concepts for our booth. Um, there's a big show every year in the summer called The Independent Show. Um, and every network is there and it, they put on the best booth that they can. Like we, we have candy giveaways and like we had Santa there one year for people to take Ew. photos with. And sometimes networks will bring um, celebrities and um, it's, it's really cool. And it's, 
it's a fun part of the job. I've been a lot of places I haven't been able, you know, I've right to travel that to you wouldn't before. have like normally gone to. No, I've I've like learned a lot. I feel like just even just through traveling, yeah. which has been really cool. That's something I really wish I got to do more of in my job is travel. Maybe one day. Yeah. Um. Okay. So cool. So that's Lauren's job. I feel like that really is like a very good overview of what you do. Um. I think like we said earlier, like distribution can be kind of. Something that people don't really know about or think about or know as an option as a job in the entertainment world. So if you are interested in more of, like, the business side of entertainment or something a little bit more, um, what's the word? Like, not not creative, but a little bit more of, like, the left side of the brain. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you, how do you, yeah. what, what's the word for that? Um, I think how I realized. Like, tactile? Yeah, I, well... How I came to realize that I wanted more of the business side is because I always considered myself a creative person. Like, I was always involved in production stuff at school, and I liked it, but the process was a little slow. Like, when I was editing footage that I filmed, I was like, oh, this process is so tedious. And then when I was on set, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I thought I would. And then I realized that, you know, there are other opportunities where you can still work with the content. You're just speaking about it in a different way. And so when I get to go and present, I'm working with the final product. So, you know, you're still engaged with the content. It's just the product on the other side and you're getting to like tell the story about what it's all about totally so if you feel that way if you're in school right now and you're like shit like I really want to work in tv but I hate being on set or I really want to work with footage and content but I hate editing there's definitely other routes you can take that aren't being a producer or being an editor or being a director or things like that like there's totally other routes you can take within this world and still be totally immersed and involved so now that we're kind of on that topic let's get into your whole internship experience and get into like the nitty-gritty of your internship tips resume tips how to get an internship and your whole experience doing so Mm -hmm. so let's start off with your first internship ever where was it sure it was at a network that unfortunately doesn't exist anymore um but it was called pivot tv oh yes i remember that yes um i was fortunate enough to get an internship after my freshman year um I don't think that's necessary um yeah. and I, don't, I worked at a summer camp yeah most people do and I honestly only got it because of a family connection I had which is also again not a bad thing utilize your connections totally. um that's really the best way to get your foot in the door um so I had this internship and it was in affiliate marketing and I didn't really in my mind I just was going to take a marketing job at a network um what I learned through affiliate marketing is that they basically support the distribution team with all of those partnerships and activations that I was mentioning before. Um, and it was a really, really cool experience. I loved it. Um, I got to come up with um, partnerships and marketing ideas. Um, they really let me work on decks. Um, so I got a ton of experience. Um, and it was a really cool culture. It's sad that that company doesn't exist anymore. But um I, one project that we worked on, we pitched um, with an uh, affiliate partner of sponsoring um, a concert that was at the South Street Seaport every Friday mm. night. And I actually got to work the event. So every Friday I would leave the office early. I would yeah, go down so there. Fun. And for a first internship yeah, I, and really actually fun. having responsibility, I was like, whoa, well, this is so cool. Well, it's because you went to like a smaller company that right. you, like, I think it's so cool and awesome when we hear of these people who are like, oh, I had an internship at this huge place, I had an internship at that huge place, and those names are super impressive. But some of the times those internships aren't everything that you expect them to be. So if you 
you know, maybe didn't get your dream internship. It's just one summer. It's not like you're tied to this program. Definitely consider a smaller company where, like, honestly, you might have a more positive experience. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, And so I did that for a summer. um, And then when I was learning about distribution, I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. Um, And when I was thinking about internships for summer after sophomore year, I... I knew I wanted to try a different network. Um, I think Pivot was still around, and I I, de- I did keep in touch with my um, boss there throughout the year, and um, she I actually helped out when I was home for winter break. Yeah, I remember that too. So that's something. Lauren that's, was like, I was like, "What are you doing this weekend?" And she was like, "I'm helping out with my internship." I was like, "Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm not doing that. I've never had an internship before." But you did that like a lot. I did. I did it through all my internships with Hallmark too, and I really think that kind of got me my job in the first place with Hallmark because it's so easy for people to do an internship and then say sayonara and you know there's five interns in the summer and then they're going to have five more fall interns and five more spring interns and they probably will forget about you if you don't um, keep that relationship right so if you're have it like I've lived on Long Island and so I commuted into New York City. So when I was home for winter break and Thanksgiving break, I had the flexibility to offer help if they needed. But even if you don't have that, just keep in touch. Send right. a happy holidays note, card, see how things are going, um, see if you can do anything remotely. Um, totally. Because keeping that relationship is so important. And if they like you, they will want to help you um, in the long run. And ultimately, they're looking to hire the best people. So um, it's always important to build, keep that relationship going. Yeah, totally. Um, so eventually, I was looking for something along the lines of marketing and distribution for an internship a sophomore year. And I used another connection. Um, and I got connected with people at Hallmark, um, and I had a few interviews there, and they offered me an affiliate marketing internship, which I hesitated for a little bit because it was the same experience that I had at Pivot, Um, and I explained that I was also interested in distribution, and so distribution doesn't typically have an internship, an an intern program, um, but they were like, okay, how about two days a week you you work with affiliate marketing, and then one day you can kind of just assist our... Um, head of distribution because she so happened to be in New York at the time, which was, I was like, great, sign me up. Yeah. So um, I I worked with the affiliate. But that's also, I want to point out, a good lesson because a lot of people will like DM me or even my friends at work or even my friends in real life will, you know, say things about their job or say things that they want. And I'm like, did you ask for it? And a lot of the times they say no or like, no, I haven't yet, but I want to, whatever. And that is a perfect example of like, if Lauren had never said what she wanted and how she was interested in distribution and how she really wanted to learn more about it, they never would have offered her that one day in the distribution department. So if you want something or you're interested in something, vocalize it, let your internship coordinator, your boss know, because they're not a mind reader. They're never Mm going to know that you want something like that. And in most cases, they'll try to figure it out for you. And the worst thing that they can say is no. Yeah, exactly. And in my case, it was the best thing I did because I didn't really do much intern work for distribution, but once a week I had time on the calendar, I was able to sit with the head of our distribution department and basically with a pad and pencil, and she explained to me what distribution is, the ins and outs. It was like a class, and I learned so much. Um, And again, that would have never happened otherwise. Right. 
Um, so I kept in touch with them. I actually went back to just do a distribution internship um, after my junior year. So they like made a distribution internship for Basically, you? Basically, because they put in the time and effort with me and I expressed interest in the department and they basically that summer I trained and learned what distribution was so that they knew that they could actually give me real work next right. year when I came back. Um, and again, I went back December break, Thanksgiving, I helped out with events that they had. And so, um, I, they knew that I was passionate about it, I think. And, um, I, I remained top of mind, which really helped. And then I, after my third, and then I, after my third, my second internship with Hallmark, I was like, I definitely really like this, but all the classes I'm taking at Syracuse are way different from what I'm doing. Like I'm in film classes, I'm in screenwriting classes, I'm producing, I'm behind the camera, I'm editing, and I haven't had this production experience and next year we graduate. And so this is when I started looking at the LA program that Syracuse offers. I just need to tell a story before we get into I, this. I'm really, I know what you're going like, to say I and I can't I just need to tell a story. So... L.A. was always, like, very um, brought up to us as a TRF student. It's this really special experience that only TRF students get to have at Syracuse unless there's, like, some weird um, thing and you, like, really, really want to do it and they try to make it work for you. It's TRF students and this other program called Bandier, which is the music management program at Syracuse. So as a freshman, you know that the L.A. program is a thing, But a lot of people, you know, choose to go to Europe or Australia or wherever for their abroad semester, which at Syracuse is typically junior year. Everyone goes abroad junior year, whether it's first semester or second semester. It's very normal to go abroad to Europe or somewhere really abroad junior year. So I always kind of thought that LA would be really cool, but I also had spent a lot of time in LA, like I had gone to UCLA for summer things. Like, I never, like, was super, super considering it. Um, But I did think it would be really fun. So, ultimately, I decided to go to London my second semester junior year. Lauren decided to go to Madrid. And I remember first semester junior year, me and Lauren were walking to Hillel, being the good Jewish girls that we are, going to Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur or something. And Lauren was like, Jordan, like, I really want to go to L.A., and I was like, oh my God, we're going. Like, I think I just needed somebody else to say, like, I really want to go. And I was like, yeah, we're 100% going. She was like, I want to go first semester senior year. And I was like, is that crazy to like miss our first semester senior year of college? And she was like, I don't know, but like, we're going. And I was like, we are 100% going. Like, it was so fun. I needed you to say that to me to be like, wait, fuck yeah, we have to do mm-hmm. this. And at least for me, and I do think you also like really loved it as well. It was like the one of the best semesters of college. Yep. Uh, yeah. Like I remember first semester junior year, I was thinking about the fact that I had only this one side of my internship experiences. And then I, I've also was like, I think I was just, I was like, I'm so excited to travel. I was like, but, and to Europe and go to Madrid but I have not seen like anywhere else in the U.S. And I was like, and there's... Oh, and now you have. And now I can say I have. <laughs> not because of L.A., but because of your tremendous yes. journeys. Look how full circle. Wow. Yeah. that That's crazy. But um, I was like, there's so much opportunity out there for TV and film. 
I've never been to LA. Who knows if that's the place I'm supposed to be living in after college. And also, I again, I want those creative internship experiences. And through our program, you had to have an internship. That yes. was a given. Yes, oh, right, yes, yes, yes. So, that was the whole point of the program. Right. The whole point of the program was we did an internship during the day and took classes at night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we... It was crazy because we were gone not only two semesters in a row, but we were gone our first semester senior year. Um, but I definitely don't regret it. I think I did have a much different learning experience. The, the takeaways that I got from LA, I think, are a lot different from Jordan's. Yeah. Um, what I learned. So I had two internships. Oh my um, god, I forgot you had two internships. Yeah. That was crazy. Weirdly, though, they were on the same Sony lot. Okay, yeah, that's good. So because I knew other people, like Alana. You guys know Alana. She was on the podcast, um, like a few, like a lot of months ago. But she also did LA, and she talked about on the podcast how she did two internships: one in West Hollywood, one in Santa Monica, and it was horrible. And like the travel was awful. So mm-hmm. at least yours were on the same lot. Yes, but they couldn't. I was driving to Culver City every day from where did, where did it studios studio city studio city and so I think that turned me off from moving to LA just yeah the driving was just not for me I'm a city girl I like to get everywhere on my feet and through the subway um so that was a little tough for me but it was weird that both internships were in the same wait lot. we didn't even say where you were oh yeah so one of my internships was at Sony at Crackle which was their streaming service um and it was like a scheduling and programming internship So it was a little more um, on the business end, Um, not something I was really super interested in. I think I realized that I had a lot more to do at my other internships. Um, This one definitely felt more getting coffee and, you know, doing stuff, which is fine. Um, But again, it was a bigger company, so I guess that's expected. And then my other internship was at Happy Madison, which was a totally different culture from not only Sony. That is um, Adam Sandler's production company. Um, so I had never been in a culture like that. Um, Hallmark and Pivot TV were both, especially being in the sales offices in New York, they're a little more corporate-y and buttoned up. Um, this was <laughs> like, so, I mean, it's Adam Sandler. It, you can imagine what the type of office um, it was. So it was really fun. Um, and I was a development intern and I realized, and I also got to be on set there. Um, they were filming the Goldbergs at the time. So while I was, you know, reading scripts and writing log lines and stuff like that. I also got to shadow on set um, and shadow yeah. the, pe- the production assistants. So it was a ton of really great experience. All that being said, I was like, this is not what I want to do. I just... It's so crazy. Yeah, I, I always thought, because I did theater growing up, and so I was always like, I could see myself like loving being on set. It's just like being in a show. But... Every time we said cut and how to redo a scene and film a different, like the process was so much more tedious than I think I anticipated. But I don't think that, so when I left LA, I mean, obviously I love the friends we made and like living in LA. Oh yeah, that's separate. That's that's separate. That was separate. But I think I realized LA was not a place I wanted to move to. And I also realized that the production side of things was not for me. Right. And I think for anyone who's, taking looking at internships or having a bad internship experience don't look at that as um a bad thing i think figuring out what you don't like is just as important if not more important than what having an internship that you like totally because how else are you going to know what you do and don't want to do and if i never went to la and took those internships i probably would still be sitting here like 
what if I exactly tried like that? I thought that I wanted to work in morning news. I thought I wanted to work at the Today Show. I thought I wanted to be like on GMA. Oh my god! Looking back now, imagine. I just feel like that's so not. It's you. so not me. Like I did my internship at um, Good Day Philadelphia, which is a local morning show in Philly, and that was when I realized I was like, nope, mm-hmm. absolutely. Not like I just can't live my life on a 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. schedule. Like, that's just not for me, not my vibe. No. And I also realized in that moment that I could not do the local news situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't like live in Philly for the rest of my life and like do local news stories. It just wasn't my vibe. It wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I, it wasn't what I was passionate about. But I know that some people were like, This is my dream internship. I love this. I'm so passionate about this. Just like I am obsessed with being on set. I think post-house and post-production and editing is, like, the most magical thing ever. And, like, I think that being in all of those areas is, like, so incredibly fun. And it's just interesting how, like, everyone can have a different take on every single job. That's why there's so many jobs Mm -hmm. and so many different people that fit so perfectly into those pockets. I know. I'm, I'm reminding myself now how... So Jordan and I would were, were try and get involved in a lot of the new... Like the, oh my God. the student-run oh my news God. organizations. And they were they were great. They were... I mean, it's oh new God, house, so they were we really professional. segments? Yeah. So we, we first... We, I think we tried out the actual news station. Yeah, and, and we, we like, realized this is this, too serious It's too serious us. and too, way too intense. But then there was this lifestyle show. They filmed on Which the weekend. Which was actually really fun. It was. And it was called Juice and Java. Juice and Java. Everything had, uh, was like in sync with Syri- the orange theme. Yeah, from Syracuse. Yeah, so we... At our, I think our first like involvement with that we was we, Jordan and I would film these segments like what were they once even about? We did like how does that, studying tips like tips to get through Lauren, midterms. How did we pull off having our own segment on that? Show? I don't know. I forgot that we did that. We cooked like we cooked. We show like dorm room hacks, yes. like, things to cook in your dorm room or. Oh my god! I completely forgot that the we best did that. places to study around campus. Oh my god! Yeah, we did the best places to study on campus. I think so. I All I remember is a cooking one and like definitely like a study tips one. But like I remember me and Lauren being like, "God, shit, fucking damn, we have to film this right yeah. now." Well, because yeah, I mean, I think it's really important. Definitely get involved on your college campus with the things that you think you might be interested in. Um, obviously. Don't do too much because like there were times I think where Jordan and I just you didn't. were like oh my god I can't like do this I know we have to like the deadline is tomorrow we and have like, to today but we just can't and like they would make us like rent cameras from like the cage at Newhouse which was like all of these like special cameras like they also wanted us to use in class and whatever and I remember one time I was like Lauren fuck that we're not doing that I pulled out my vlog camera I was like we're doing it on this I'm editing it on Final Cut tonight we just have to get it done like they wanted us to use Avid like they wanted us to like do all these things that like were in line with like what they wanted and I was like fuck that we're making a YouTube video let's go I I was so nervous about that I was like are you sure Jordan I was like they're literally never gonna know they never knew and it came out great it was probably better um so and now that I'm remembering this even better, I, I realized I didn't even love doing these little segments. And so the last year that I was involved with Juice and Java, I actually applied for the guest coordinator position, which is funny because that's definitely more on the business side. But basically, I just found the guests that would come onto the show each week, um, like people from around campus, right. if there was a show or an event going on. And I love that a lot more, which is just really funny looking back on. I literally completely forgot that we yeah. did that. That's hilarious. I know. It's it's just, it's funny because Jordan and I, like, 
I've, when I think of Newhouse, when I think of Syracuse, like, you were my go-to. Like, well, yeah, obviously. We did every, we were the same major, did the yeah. same clubs, but our paths are just so, so different, different, which is so funny. It is so funny, and, like, it just goes to show you that, like, even if you study this or that, it says not everyone has the same path. Like, mm-hmm. there could be someone who studied TRF who, like, now works in music or fashion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, what you learn in college doesn't have to be, like, the end-all, be-all. Like, I think, technically speaking, actually, I think that we both took pretty, pretty average, not average, but, like, normal routes for a TRF major. Like, distribution or being a producer are, like, very normal We're still things. in the industry. Very normal things to come out of TRF, but I do think, actually, now that I'm thinking of it, TRF really covered both of those things very well. Like, distribution, learning about the industry of cable, like, we learned all of that. We also learned screenwriting and, like, the history of TV and things that I apply every day as a producer. So I actually do think that we both took very, very, I think Newhouse would be proud of us. I know. I'm also, we're obviously a little biased, but I think the reason Newhouse is so prestigious is that they do give us a really well-rounded learning experience. Like, we learn the business side, whereas, like, some other programs, if it's just television and film, they're only learning about the creative side and taking those classes. And, right. Um, I think we we were really Ugh, lucky in I that love sense. Newhouse. It's yeah. the best. I just love TRF. Like, it really was so fun, and, like, it was such an amazing mm-hmm. major, and it was so just great. Like, it was so hands-on, and, like, being in Newhouse, you just, like, felt this sense of pride, and I love that. Yeah, and I actually, I came in as a public relations major, and I... We re- both swapped. I know. Isn't that funny? But I realized... Right, we both trans... We both yeah, majors. I was like, I know that I don't want public relations. I don't know if I necessarily want to be the next best director, but I chose television, radio, film, because it, I think it was a little bit more broad. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to pigeonhole myself just into right, PR right. advertising. The PR major was really intense at Syracuse, but if you want to be in PR... I think that's a great place yeah. to be. If you want to be in communications, just go to Syracuse. Totally. Oh, my God. They should, like, sponsor this podcast episode. They really episode. should. Um, cool. Yeah. And uh, Oh, wait, wait. I want to learn how you got your internship at Sony slash Happy Madison. Um, I think I utilized the new... So, when we... Uh, how did I do this? I have to remember. Oh, when we applied and got into the program... Um, they connected us. Oh, got it. The person who the person who was in LA who coordinates um, the program. She sent us a list of companies that usually hire um, Syracuse interns or whatnot. And I, I think I started going off of that list. Got it. And now that I think about it, I think I might have gotten a little bit of help with E with that too. Like I went to LA and I wasn't like, oh, I don't know where I'm going to intern. I, I think I literally said to you, I was like, we're going to LA and like, I'm going to intern at E. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm going and I'm interning at E. Like that was really the only option um, for for my brain. But I think I remember that too. Cause yeah. Because I, I knew I, people in the past had done E. Mm-hmm. So it's hard because we obviously were all on the East Coast. So it's not like we could do in-person interviews. And I remember with Happy Madison, I had like, three phone interviews um, with the person who would be my boss, and uh, I had no experience internship-wise with that, like, with development or with production, but um, I just kind of explained, I was like, I I will never know if this is something I'm interested in if I don't try it, and um, they also, the head of that company went to Syracuse, so he always likes to hire Syracuse interns, which The connections are really great. Yeah. Um, So always before you just... 
if you're applying through the black hole um, and you're just submitting your application, before you do so, even if you personally don't know someone, check LinkedIn and see if there's someone from your college who works there or someone who knows someone who, because what I've learned, and I still need to remind myself even today, is like people are willing to help you. If you want to get totally. coffee with someone, like I'm always used to be so scared to just like reach out to this person just to learn about what they're doing and People love talking about themselves, totally. one, and are happy to meet with you um, or jump on the phone for 15, 20 yeah. minutes. But like we've said in other episodes, there is an etiquette to it. And please listen yes. to other episodes. We literally discuss it in every single one. The etiquette of asking someone to take time out of their day to talk, to chat with you and have an informational interview. Yeah, definitely do it right. Yeah. Um, but just something to keep You're in You're just going to have to listen to the other, other episodes to figure out where that is, though, because listen to all the episodes. Yes. So, yeah, that's how I got my internships um, for L.A. And then came back for senior year, second semester, and I was like, okay, I definitely want the business side. Yeah. Um, And I had luckily been keeping in touch with my old boss at um, Hallmark, and I offered to go back again for winter break. And they were kind of talking about how they were doing – there wasn't an open position at the time for – the distribution team like there's no cord there was no coordinator level position it was kind of just I, that internship kind of fell into my lap um and if i wanted to apply it somewhere at hallmark it was probably going to end up being in ad sales or marketing just because that's where the coordinator positions were but i kept in touch with the, dis- the folks on the distribution team and kept helping them out and like three weeks into second semester i got a call um, from one of the women, she wasn't even my boss, but she was one of the women that I worked with on the team. And she was basically like, we are thinking of creating a coordinator position for the distribution team. Basically the work that I did as an intern, they were like, it's, it's very useful and we don't have someone on the team like that. And they were like, basically you also are the only person who knows how to do this work. So if you want this job, it's yours. Lauren was the no. one person who got the job. Like, I always tell you guys, if you want a job in entertainment, just enjoy your senior year. Don't even think about it. Lauren literally walked into our dorm room during recruitment, which is, like, so early in the beginning of the semester. And she was like, I got a job. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. But to be fair, this was a business job. Like, our friends that were in the business school, they all had jobs at the beginning. I'm sure that you guys have – we've covered this a million times. But, like, the the – Entertainment jobs hire like two weeks before um, they they need someone. You right. know they they don't think about it that far in advance. This really, even though it was an entertainment company, it was uh, more on the business side. So even though I was early, it's yeah, it's a sales role. But but still, still, you it, beat the odds, Lauren. I did. I beat the odds, and it made my second semester a lot more fun and less stressful. Um, but also, my my second semester was not stressful at all. People, you just you got to do you. Yeah, you got to do you. And you have to know that if you're passionate about being in entertainment, you just have to know that be patient. You you, you need to be patient, yeah. and something will come, and then it's gonna happen like that at the totally. snap of fingers. You're gonna have a job. So yeah, I started. I had like two months off, I think, and then I started as a sales coordinator. I basically supported all of the sales reps. I didn't have my own accounts or I wasn't working directly with clients, but um, I was like the liaison for a lot of the partnership stuff. And I continuously expressed to my boss that I wanted to head down a sales role. Again, there wasn't really anything available. They had this account executive, I put in air quotes, even though you can't see, there was this open position that someone used to have, um, 
on the team, but she left and they never had filled it. They didn't know if there was a need for it, but I always knew in the back of my mind that that was if I wanted to move um, up in the company, that would probably be the next step. Mm-hmm. So I just kept asking my boss. I was like, can I learn more about this? Could I sit in on these calls? I sat in on other people on my team's calls um, to really learn what the sales process was like. And then I brought it up to who is now the person who is now my boss. Um, he's actually in Chicago. And the first time he came to visit New York, he was saying that there is an account executive role open that they were thinking of filling. They were like, it was supposed to be in Chicago, but if that's something you're seriously interested in, um, you know, we could probably do it in New York. You being in New York, right, just right. because we travel and we see each other so much. And I jumped, I, I was like, this is exactly what I've been wanting. Um, see, because she expressed what she wanted. Yes, she told really the people important. what she wanted. So, um, yeah, then I got the job as an account executive, and I've been doing that since last March, and Yay! it's been a lot of fun. And that is Lauren Shaw, in a nutshell. Yeah. Here we are. We Pretty, did it. Yeah, we did it. That was awesome. Moved to New York, moved in with Jordan. Here yeah, we are. Yeah, and then we moved out. But now we're sitting in her beautiful Brooklyn apartment, yeah. and we're both still killing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to or yeah at least i like to think at so. least pretending yeah yeah fake, fake it, it till you make, make it. it fake Jinx. it till you make it people okay lauren thank you so much for coming i love you so much i love you i too. think thank that you this for having of me of course i think that this is going to be super helpful for a lot of people um just because there was honestly so much information in this podcast about cable and about the tv world that i've never covered on the podcast before so i think a lot of people will find this super helpful if you guys have any questions for lauren feel free to dm me and i will relay the questions to her um follow at bitchwork podcast on instagram i mean lauren do you want me to plug your instagram or are you yeah okay do it follow lauren at at laura shaw it's l-a-u-r-r-r R? two r's two r's L-A-U-R-R-S-H-A-W. W. Two w- R's, two Oh my two God. W's. I'll okay, never if anyone wants to come up with a new Instagram handle for me, well, there's, my name is very common and I've tried to change it and I can't come up with anything. So, so if you have an idea, <laughs> let me know. So follow Lauren on Instagram. You can DM her directly. You can DM me. You can follow, you can follow and message at Bitchwork Podcast. Um, leave a review in the Apple Podcast Store. Follow me on YouTube. And yeah, that is it. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.